1: It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant, looking as spry as ever. You ever seen uh, Bad Santa? Yeah. Remember the kid? He's like, your granny, is she spry? And he's putting on a ski mask, and they come in the door, and he goes, Granny, are you spry? (laughs) Really? Yeah. And she's like, (laughs) I'll make you some sandwiches.
1: Now, you're looking very spry today, Chuck. You've done something that you've never done to me before. What, man? What's going on? You literally put a video on your laptop and just turned it around and then started the podcast. And I'm waiting to see what happens because I think it might have something to do with the podcast. (laughs) Did you see it? Did it happen? It happened. It's pretty awesome. And, and it has nothing to do with what we're podcasting, None. does it? All I right. just
0: wanted you to see it, buddy. General interest. Um, I will be putting that on the Facebook page, okay? Because ain't no party like our Facebook
1: page's party. Yeah, you're into people getting flung off of things, apparently. <laughs> I'm <laughs> in a
0: little, uh, a little kick. bit of that mood right now. Yeah how how are you doing?
1: I'm great. Well, good.
0: Well, you, we should probably tone it down a little bit because this is a grim, grim subject we're about to talk about. Yeah,
1: that was. The first minute was about all the fun we're going to have here.
0: Yeah. So, Chuck, um, i got an intro for you. Okay. I was um, jogging. You, me, and I were jogging on treadmills, as is our want, usually. (laughs) And um, I prefer treadmills because I can watch TV while I do it and just totally forget that I'm running, right? That kills me. But it works so well. (laughs) Like, I'm up to, like, five miles each time.
1: Right. you know what's sobering, though? What? Go try to run a single mile on pavement. I I don't need to. (laughs) There's no TVs on pavement. You know? Much different. During one of these ventures,
0: Uh um, I was watching CNN and um, this weird, it was Wolf Blitzer, and this weird segment came on where one of Wolf Blitzer's journalists was in Libya Mm -hmm. meeting with the family of a man who had blown himself up in a car full of explosives to um, gain entry for Libyan rebel fighters into this uh, city. Mm Mm-hmm. Very uh, disputed city. I can't remember which one. And the guy was sitting down with the family, the two daughters and the wife, who were grieving, but holding a picture of the man, talked to his best friend who picked up the pieces of the guy. And I realized that it took me a minute, but it was dawning on me that this is exactly what, say, um, Afghani or Talibani, um, state television would do with one of their suicide bombers. It was just like the embargo on disgust over suicide bombing as a general rule was lifted because someone CNN was rooting for blew himself up. Right. And suddenly it was okay. But I mean, like, step for step, it was like a celebration of this man's heroism. Right. For blowing himself up. Yeah. And I just thought it was really nuts. And uh, I guess it's probably as unobjective as I should be. Throughout this podcast, but it struck me as really, really strange. I wrote a blog post on it called um, "CNN Oddly Celebrates Suicide Bomber as Hero" or yeah, something I remember like that. that. Yeah. But it was just so weird. And there's uh, in the blog post, there's video. Somebody found it and posted it. So there's video of this weird segment that just sticks out like a sore thumb. And um, I guess the what I learned is that m- my personal opinion is suicide bombing is wrong, no matter what side is doing it. I think I would agree with that. All right. So this is a relatively new thing, right? Suicide bombing? It's new because they're, bombs are fairly new, right? Yeah. But it's far, far more ancient than that. It is. The we're, concept of killing yourself or dying in the name of religion is pretty
1: ancient. Oh, yeah. You want to go all the way back to martyrdom in general? Might as well. Okay. Start at the beginning. Martyrdom is what we're talking about, obviously, when you talk about suicide bombing, it's uh, forsaking your own life for a higher cause, for a principle, for your faith. Anything that is uh, not for your direct like earthly benefit, but maybe benefit later on to elevate your cause. But right. benefits for you in the afterlife.
0: And so generally that's what we suspect make suicide bombers tick. That's what is martyrdom. And it's because, although it is like a very deep, there's a deep religious affiliation between m- martyrdom and um, suicide, like this yeah, suicide this, bombing in this case. It doesn't necessarily have to be religious. It can be sure. your side, your cause. Like the forty-nine-year-old oil worker who is Libyan um, was for the rebel faction. It had nothing to do with religion. He was just. Willing to die for his cause, right. as all suicide bombers are.
1: Yeah, religion kicks it up a little notch, though.
0: So, well, the, and the reason why is because it's so ingrained. The two are so entangled from such a, an ancient place, right? Like our uh, lamb who did this yeah. article, who did this. <laughs> he wrote it. Um, he uh, he 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 traces martyrdom back to
1: um, the second or
0: third century BC, right?
1: What with uh, King Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Yeah, the famous story in, uh, in Bible history, the book of Daniel. We all know King Nebuchadnezzar gave, uh, as the Beastie Boys call them, (laughs) Shadrach, Meshach, Nebed, Yeah, I
0: can't, I can't see those three names together without without thinking about that too. Yeah.
1: Well, Beastie Boys were three Jewish guys. That's probably why they called themselves that in the song. And they, uh, in the, in the Bible story, he, Nebuchadnezzar gave them the choice. You can renounce your Jewish faith or you can burn alive. And they said, you know what? We're the beastie boys and we don't give in to anybody. And so we're going to not renounce our faith. They were thrown into the fiery furnace mm-hmm. and they lived. Right. Which the lesson there was uh, an early lesson in martyrdom, which was, hey, you know what? God's going to protect those who die in his name. Doesn't it make you wonder, like, don't you, don't you
0: tend to think that in, in stories like that, somewhere eons ago, something happened. Possibly with these three people, mm-hmm. what happened? Oh, you mean that like- eventually got translated into they were thrown into this furnace and they walked out unscathed. Like, did somebody like lose their grip on them and they skirted across like a campfire? You know, what my and like is? their robes didn't catch, and <laughs> everybody was like, "Oh my god!" You know, and and then it just to just to make it more uh, easily digestible for the masses, it was transformed into this larger thing.
1: My feeling when it comes to parables like this, where uh, to me it's obvious that someone wasn't unscathed in a burning fire was that maybe someone was uh, burned like they were being tortured and saying renounce your religion being burned with like fiery torches or something mm-hmm. and they refused and refused and they couldn't be broken and so they were set free and that becomes a parable in the way of something miraculous like this that That's makes
0: that makes sense It's good analysis
1: I'll probably get killed for that. Mm-hmm.
0: the The idea was that if you, that God's not, God's got your back if you're willing to die for him, right? Yes. But that eventually transformed into uh, what we what uh, people still believe today that toil on this planet mm-hmm. uh, leads to bounty in the next life. Yeah. The big three all believe that, and you can trace that back to the early the early church, the early Jewish faith, the early Christian faith, and uh-huh. the early Muslim faith. Um, and martyrdom goes back just as far and comes from the same tree. The idea that if you sacrifice yourself, you're going to gain reward after this. So what's a few minutes of pain for a lifetime of happiness and pleasure?
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and the, uh, the non-suicide version where you're actually killing other people in the name of your God goes back to, uh, maybe not the first time, but one good example Robert used was, um, In 64 AD, rather than surrendering to the Roman authorities, a rebel group basically killed their own, themselves and every last man and woman.
0: This one, I think, was probably literal.
1: Yeah, probably so.
0: That is, like, do you think about how that would be treated today, though? Yeah. Like, the authorities are coming, and you kill every man, woman, and child inside, And. Sounds like a standoff at a, uh. At Waco or something. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but your, your point is, and I think the larger point is, is that people were willing to kill themselves, kill those close to them, um, and kill others eventually in, in, in the name of God. Yeah. And expected some sort of reward
1: for it. Right. So you were talking about the rise of Islam.
0: Right, so, uh, it was AD 610 when the, the Prophet Muhammad received his first vision, right? Yeah. And basically was set about going forth to found, um, Islam. And within 14 years, uh, he'd amassed something of a, of an army and was taking on other people in, in, the, in the area, right? Right. And was pretty successful at it, right? Yeah. So, what I gained from this, and I'm certainly not a scholar on Islam at all, I'm not a scholar on any religion, but um, the, the Islam came out of uh, a place of strife and battle. and so thusly, this concept of jihad uh, came about fairly early on
1: yeah, there's two two parts to jihad. if you've never you've heard that word a lot, used probably for the second part, which was a righteous battle in the physical world. But the, the first part of jihad means it's an inward struggle of the soul, uh, in Arabic. So it's a two pronged thing there, and the Quran basically vindicated defense and combat in the name of protecting the faithful. Right. As well as retaliation. So it, it's traced back to the Quran as far as uh, probably the birth of the notion of something like a suicide bombing, even though it certainly doesn't say that, anything about that anywhere in the Quran.
0: Right. So jihad played a big role in the Crusades, which was the Christian version of the Holy War, right? Yes. Um, and uh, that was taking it to the Muslims' doorstep, basically invading the Middle East, right? Europeans invading the Middle East. Yeah. That was the Crusades. Um, and so from these conflicts, um, during the, the Dark Ages, the Medieval Ages, um, the Crusades... Uh, and after the birth of Islam, um, this this idea of taking a single person and going and doing as much damage as you possibly could uh-huh. uh, came about. So do right. you remember in the Sniper podcast, we talked about snipers being considered militarily force multipliers? Yes. So are suicide assassins. Absolutely. And the term assassin actually comes out of this era and from the Middle East um, from the word Hashishin.
1: Yes, Persian word, uh, the name of a radical Shiite sect. Didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah so hashish and assassin are one and the same. Hashishin. Hashishin. Assassin. Right. Yeah, it sounds it's, more like it that way. The the you may recognize the word hashish as a type of well, pot residue. So uh, if if you find it odd that the word hashish pops up, um be advised that the sect, the Hashishin, mm-hmm. um, smoked hash uh, as part of their religious ritual. Oh, really? Yeah. They were also mm-hmm. the ones, though, who would go out and um, they were tasked with um, killing uh, pu- like public officials in very public places to basically um, terrorize the population. Like, like, If you kill somebody like that, you cut someone's head off in a crowded square, yeah. you're going to die. But the leader's head just got cut off in front of me, and now I'm really freaked out. Yeah.
1: It was the first early versions, ancient versions of what would later become suicide bombings. Right. But that sect was wiped out by Mongols in 1257, and there was kind of a break on this activity for a while as far as world history goes. And then uh, you get to World War II and the Japanese kamikaze pilots who are most essentially suicide bombers. Right. Except by way of a plane.
0: Yeah, through the Bushido code.
1: Yeah, but usually think suicide bombing is someone on foot. But it can really, you know, you can do it. There's been boats, there's been cars and trucks. Trucks. Humans walking, and then obviously planes flying into aircraft carriers.
0: Really, uh, a mail cart filled with explosives, you're going to get the same. Yeah. You're a suicide bomber.
1: Well, Robert uh, Lamb puts the first modern suicide attack in Lebanon in 1981 during a civil war between Christian and Muslim militants. And there was a lone suicide bomber, a Shiite, uh, hit an Iraqi embassy in Beirut, and the U.S. entered the conflict the next year. In 1983, a suicide bomber drove into the U.S. embassy. I remember that, actually, killing 63 people.
0: Yeah, that was in April.
1: And most folks say this is like the beginning of the modern suicide mission.
0: Right. And then in October, uh, two truck bombs drove into the Marine barracks in Beirut and killed 299 people, Yeah, French and American, I think mm-hmm. 241 Marines. So like you said, that's the birth of the modern suicide bomber. And unfortunately, it's just basically been gaining momentum ever since, this whole concept of I'm going to strap a bunch of explosives to myself and walk into a crowd and blow myself up and kill as many other people as I possibly can.
1: Yeah, let's poke around inside the mind because people have been curious what kind of person does this um because obviously if you look at um just from a straight physical standpoint they did find between the ages of 18 and 24 is your average age of a suicide bomber.
0: Yeah, apparently Israel conducted studies in the late 90s to yeah. figure out what they, you know, who suicide bombers were.
1: Right. So so the sense of despondency in teens is playing a part here. Uh the whole world is against them. Teens, how many teens feel that way? I know I did. Yeah. Uh, and it's no different in other countries. Um, combine these feelings with uh, tyranny, you're oppressed, you're angry, uh, and then the final censure here is usually, and I think they even have a uh, study, that there's some sort of personal loss attached to the person that ends up being picked to carry out the mission. Right. Like their parents were killed.
0: Or wounded or put in prison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll do it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a study, but uh, it said that Israeli psychiatrists um, sifted through the lives, is how Robert put it, and they did discover, in almost all cases, connections to like slain or wounded family members or right. friends.
0: And for the most part, they were males. But as times wore on, uh, women, children, older people have um, all joined the echelons of um, suicide bombers. Right.
1: Yep. They're usually very poor.
0: Yeah. Um there was did, did you hear about the woman from um I guess she was a Chechen extremist mm-hmm. in um Moscow on New Year's Eve. She had a suicide belt and was getting ready to walk out into Red Square to blow herself up and take just tons of people with her.
1: And she decided it didn't match her purse.
0: She didn't make it out of the apartment because she got a spam text from her cell phone provider saying Happy New Year. And it blew her up. Really? Yeah. In her room? Yeah, in her apartment.
1: Wow. She didn't, didn't have her cell that. phone
0: off, which apparently is standard procedure. Turn your cell phone off. Like she, they went out and bought a cell phone just for that purpose. And right. It, the provider sent out a spam text to everybody because, wow. you know, cell phone providers are thinking like, well, we're providing service to somebody who's going to blow up a bunch of people as a terrorist. So
1: they're saying, we want to tell everyone Happy New Year. Exactly. Wow. I didn't hear about that. It's true.
0: All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
1: That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. So, uh one other common trait is that they obviously are willing to die for their cause, but they are also willing to kill for their cause. Um, m- most terrorists don't have a, you know, they have no empathy for the suffering of other people, and it helps that, uh, in the case of us versus them, that the them is very, very different from themselves. Right. Which is certainly the case with the Middle East and the United States. Couldn't be any more different as far as countries go. Right. And people go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a whole sentiment that um occupation and invasion uh fans the flames of um suicide bombing.
1: Well, yeah, cuz you see your you see Americans as an invader mm-hmm. and an occupier and a savage and,
0: and a non-believer, which is a big part that that part about jihad in uh the Quran. Right. Says basically, like, this is what happens to non believers. This is what you do to non believers. Right. To an extent.
1: Uh, Robert points out that if suicide bombers were left just completely alone, they might want to back out or think twice. So that's why they surround them toward go time with a social network of supporters uh, to say, you know, you're doing the right thing. They isolate you from your family and friends. Right. And um, show you uh, videos, martyrdom videos. To, to reinforce that what you're doing is the well, right no, thing. you make a
0: martyrdom video.
1: Oh, you make your own,
0: saying like I'm about to blow a bunch of people up, and I can't wait to get to the afterlife, and oh. I'm like a true um, believer.
1: You're right, I read that wrong.
0: And um, and so the that is, it, it's not only inspiring, it's also like you can't back out now. You've made your video, right? Like you, you, this is your point of no return.
1: Well, because yeah, that'd be probably even more shameful.
0: But. I think people, you know, that survival instinct is very strong. So this, these people that are handling them, usually one of them will go with the suicide bomber to uh, the target area and will basically keep them encouraged and um, on on track and, um, I imagine, will blow them up if they decide that they want to back out.
1: Yeah, well, and beyond that, sometimes it's planned that way. Sometimes the um, the assistant is... Has the detonator to to prevent any kind of back out.
0: I think that is probably a backup detonator. Yeah,
1: you think? Yeah. Okay.
0: That's my suspicion.
1: So we're talking about the nuts and bolts of it all of a sudden. Then let's go ahead with that. Uh, you
0: mean the shrapnel?
1: Yeah, suicide bomber. It's not a very elaborate, expensive operation. that costs about 150 bucks, probably worth of explosives and one human life willing to do so. Yeah. And you've got yourself a suicide bomber. Whether it's a duffel bag full of stuff. Or something you strap on your chest. Uh, Like you said, they've used trucks and boats.
0: Well, duffel bags are um, apparently out of vogue because you will get shot in the head if you look like you are even remotely Middle Eastern and you have a duffel bag. Right. At least if you're in London in 2005 and you're Brazilian, right? Yeah. Um, But you were saying this, it's just one person with a duffel bag or a vest Mm -hmm. or a belt. Yeah. And uh the the attack of um a suicide bomber is threefold right one it kills a bunch of people mm-hmm. so it's terroristic two it draws a lot of attention to this cause that at least one person is willing to die for mm-hmm. and then three it's uh it's a force multiplier because it has like a huge effect on morale and the psyche of the population
1: yeah so but it can also go the other way um as pointed out with world war 2 mm-hmm. um it can either, like, it's happened both ways in America, because when uh, 241 Marines were killed in the truck bombing in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, Re- President Reagan said in his in his uh, memoir that that had a big deal with his pulling out of that region. Like, he was like, no, nah, you know what, forget that. These people are willing to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my guys out of there. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of World War II with the Japanese, let's drop two bombs on their country that they won't be able to recover from because they're willing to fly their planes into our uh, aircraft carriers.
0: You know, that's not how the Japanese tell it. How do they tell it? They tell it like they were starting to make moves that they were willing to surrender and the Americans had so much money invested in this research that they basically needed and wanted to see what happened.
1: It certainly doesn't surprise me there are two versions of that story. Yeah. That's the way history works.
0: So, Chuck... Yes. Um,
1: what I guess, what are
0: these things made of? You said you can fill a truck, a belt, all this stuff. What is it?
1: Well, it varies, of course, to, between uh, what your resources are. I think in the early days, they would just rejigger landmines mm-hmm. and uh, use those. But now it's everything from TNT to uh, something called TATP, uh, triacetone, triperoxide, and then other plastic explosives. Stuff that can do a lot of damage. Right. And they found, too, that uh, the more people around the suicide bomber, the better. Obviously not for those people close in proximity. But if you hear that there's a suicide bomber suspect and all of a sudden the crowd disperses, mm-hmm. it's going to have a, a blast zone that's much greater Yeah. and cover much more area.
0: Because the, the thick mass of people around that person create basically a human shield. Yeah. Which is pretty serious stuff.
1: In, uh, in London, 2005, you want
0: to... I've talked about that guy,
1: remember? Oh, the guy, the guy, is that when you meant by shot in the head?
0: Yeah, he got shot in the head seven times. Yeah, and he was the... not a suicide bomber. No,
1: he was just some guy from Brazil. Mistaken identity.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty jumpy time, if I remember correctly.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, you got anything else? Mm, no. Oh, I thought the very end uh, had a very interesting... Um, Thing that Israeli settlers were trying was they proposed burying suicide bombers in pigskin body bags.
0: Yeah, I saw that
1: as a way of discouraging suicide bombers from because uh, I guess if they think if I'm going to be buried in pigskin, that's not the afterlife that I'm that I'm looking for.
0: Right, but the problem is, and Robert does a good job pointing this out. I think when you the suicide bombing is capable of dehumanizing on both levels, right? Yeah. That would have not only, um, I guess, dehumanized the uh, suicide bomber, but it dehumanized the Israelis, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the, the whole um, feedback mechanism for suicide bombings is that one side doesn't see the other as human any longer. Right. Right? You're willing to die for your cause, so you're crazy. Or um you are worth dying to kill mm-hmm. because I don't see you as a person any longer. Yeah. And so that that would have been counterproductive, I'm sure. Good job. This was a tough one. Yeah, it was. I'm
1: glad we got through it, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough topic. I, I hope we explained, like, how it works in the history and, uh. Was it good? Yeah, it was okay.
0: If you want to learn more about suicide bombers, you can type in suicide bombers, um, terrorism. There's another article on how terrorism works. Um, Just type whatever you want into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and uh, you will be pleasantly surprised. We virtually guarantee it. Um, I said, handy search bar. So uh, what do you want to do? No listener mail today? All
1: right. In lieu of listener mail, because I was just reading listener mail. It's just not enough.
0: I saw that. You made a, a face and kind of like yeah, waved it away. Not you know, today. And I have
1: another one ready. So let's just say, uh, how about just a thank you for, for listening? <laughs> Is that good?
0: That's what we're doing?
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Now, thank you for listening, everybody.
1: Yeah. Something simple. That
0: was it? Keep it pure. Okay. All right. Uh, if you want to say thank you back, we always appreciate that you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
1: Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join How Stuff Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you